Welcome to the Executive Minds Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Welcome back, Executive Minds Podcast listeners. Um, pleasure to be here with you. This is Kevin, and I have the pleasure again to be joined for part two of this conversation about are you ready for re-entry uh, with my good friends and co-mentors, Shane Benson and David Farmer. How's it going, guys? Going great. It's great to be here. Love seeing you guys on camera. Yeah, uh, and we're in uh, three different locations, but you're all popped up on my screen. So, Kevin, you even got a haircut, man. I don't know where you I went did. to do that, but did you do that yourself? That looks good. My wife did it. Uh, first time ever, my wife cut my own hair. Uh, I ordered some clippers on Amazon, and they didn't show up. But because they're just they're out of stock because every every man in America is trying to cut his own hair. <laughs> but there was a, a company here in Nashville that's doing curbside for beauty supplies. So I actually got in the car, did a curbside pickup for a set of clippers, and um, you tell Leah she did she did a wonderful job. You're looking sharp, Thank you. high Thank and tight, you. baby. I love it. Thank you. I love the innovation of a salon yeah. doing curbside. Um, yep, curbside <laughs> pickup. So yeah, so with some curbside pickup for clippers, you got to pay in advance. So the, and they uh they hang you call them and they hang them on the door outside the salon. You got to just pick them on up. So maybe we can put it in the show notes. Just your <laughs> headshot. I don't think it has enough value. So we're going to do that at the show notes. <laughs> All right. But what I'm excited about is we, for those who are just joining us for this conversation, go back. We have a part one of this where David lays out some really powerful reflection questions that can help us all prime our minds for what reentry can look like for us. And really just to help us ring out the value. I mean, obviously this is a global pandemic is never probably anybody's top list of experiences you just can't wait to have. But, you know, when it happens, we believe that you have an opportunity to grow. We think there's something that you can get out of the experience um, that will really pay off for you in the end. And so we would like for you to, to extract whatever value you can from this moment. And David gave us three things to think about, and I'm not going to spoil it. By, by giving them away. So you got to go back and listen to part one of this conversation. But but Shane, like any great tandem, uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you know, Shaq and Kobe, these guys are thinking about ways that they can complement one another. And Shane has a really great game plan, I think, to kind of leverage those reflection questions to move you into your plan for reentry. So, so Shane. By the way, Shane and I get along a lot better than those combinations did. So, uh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to go. I haven't watched Last Dance yet. I've been saving it so I can binge. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to reading, hearing about that. So, these guys like each other, unlike their PYUs for analogies. Uh, but, Shane, I'd love for you to just kind of give us really the quick rundown of what you were thinking about yeah. when you first thought through this and then kind of share with us the main points and we kind of unpack them together. Well, let me first say, I think one of the reasons that we even are tackling this subject is because we're all tackling it, right? We definitely don't want to uh, stay in the same place that we're in right now as a society, as a country, as a nation, and economically, socioeconomically, whatever that looks like. Um, there are a lot of people out there hurting right now. And so the question of reentry is on everybody's mind, you know, at the highest level. How are we going to reenter as a world? Uh, let alone a country, and uh, maybe uniquely specific to you uh, within the confines of what your unique role is. It uh, doesn't really matter where where you are or what you're doing. We're all thinking about reentry. And so uh, for me, as I think about this and as we've talked about it, really it came down to three principles that I've been thinking about and chewing on. And the first one is this. You, you, we've got to acknowledge our reality. So I want you to think about that. 
You got to acknowledge where you are right now. And it's okay to do that. So I have the pleasure of working with a lot of probably mid thirties, forties executives. And I'm going to tell you something, when I'm on a conference call with them, they're thinking about three kids in homeschool virtually, and they've never done it as parents before. And on top of that, they're thinking about getting to that grocery store that has nothing in it so they can cook a meal later that evening. Oh, and stay really focused on that video conference call that I've got them being a part of for a good portion of their day. That is their reality. My reality right now, I have a son whose wife and he are living in our house for the last three weeks. And I got to be honest with you, selfishly, I love it. Uh, I've got two other kids that are doing online college in the house. I've got a wife who's doing online therapy with kids. And I'm also trying to do online work. And we're all screaming about bandwidth. And I got one son that's playing League of Legends in the middle of my conference call. <laughs> and I'm like, son, you got to shut it down, man. Um, so I have to tell you, I have a reality. You have a reality. Our businesses have a reality. If I'm going to be honest with you, when I think about Chick-fil-A, here's our reality right now. Every dining room in America is shut down right now. Now, we're very blessed that we have drive throughs that are still operating and keeping team members safe and customers safe, but that is a reality. And there are sales associated with that. There are jobs associated with that. So it doesn't matter where this podcast finds you today. You have a reality. And I think acknowledging that reality is the first step that we have to take to move on. You just have to say, hey, it is what it is. Man, this isn't the perfect world. My schedule's all messed up. My rhythms are all messed up. What am I going to do? And that leads us to the second point. But does that resonate with you guys? I mean, this reality, I, I can only imagine what your realities look like. But that first principle, any thoughts there on what that means to you when, when I say acknowledge your reality? I'll give you one. I don't think typically we have to process everything in our day through this filter of physical well-being versus, you can fill in the blank, emotional well-being, relational well-being, economic well-being. Uh, like, do I connect with friends in person or family members in person? And you have to weigh, well, are we creating risk when we do that? And not just putting myself at risk, but am I putting other people at risk if I do that? So it, that is part of the reality, at least for this season. That's different. Mm -hmm. Sure is. Yeah, I'm definitely in that category that uh, Shane first illustrated. Uh, my wife and I are both in our mid-30s, and we have a four-year-old preschooler who's an extrovert and misses people. She just said, I miss people, just people. My daughter loves to go to the grocery store, loves to be out and about. The first question she asks every day is, where are we going today? That's literally the first question she wakes up. Not good morning, just where are we going for her? And so for her to just be stuck in a house, uh, this long is adding its own layer of complexity. While my wife and I are both, you know, work from home. Um, my wife is a freelance writer and myself is an entrepreneur. And so there, there's definitely a lot of that going on. But I would even say for me, the reality piece has just been also, what is the current state of the factors that could influence us most? You know, I mean, I'm just being very transparent. I don't know how many 30 year olds have a will. I'm just, being, just you know, I don't know how many 35 year olds are like, I have a will ready. If I get 
COVID-19. I'm, I'm vulnerable. My wife and I are vulnerable as a family because I didn't done preparations. And I'm not trying to say, once again, to be morbid or anything like that, but I'm saying that's a reality. Yep. That that there are young people who are affected by this as well. And I can't assume just because I'm social distancing or, you know, what self-quarantining or sheltering at home, whatever you like to say, yeah. that, I, that we're prepared. I, I haven't done that. And so there are things like that, I think, also that have forced me to open up and say, yeah, what is, what is the real reality here? Good, better, and different. Yeah. You know, so not, not everything's negative, but I just want to make sure I'm, I'm being transparent with myself to say, okay, Kevin, you have some new things you need to kind of shore up coming out of this and enduring this that I yeah. haven't thought about really before. Well, I think it's, uh, and it is a great reminder. And, you know, I was reminded just this week, I desperately want to see my mom, but she's older. She's by herself. And in our reality right now, that's just not a possibility because I may be putting her at risk. And so we're all trying to wrestle through this. But I think that is so important to initially, if you're trying to think about reentry, you have to acknowledge your reality right now before you can move on. And that takes us to the second point. And the second point is you've got to determine your resolve. Okay, I'm going to acknowledge my reality, but I'm going to also determine my resolve. What am I going to do with this? And I am going to give you a little precursor to what David talked about in part one. I think this is it. Part of your resolve is like, okay, what am I going to hang on to? What am I going to double down on? What am I going to let go? What's my resolve? What's my plan? Um, One of the things that we're currently doing right now is we're looking out 90 days, but we're planning for 30. Think about that. What do you think? What's our outlook for the next 90 days? What's your outlook for the next 90 days? Some of that is cloudy, right? Based on circumstances and what's going on. Most of it is cloudy. That's right. What's your plan for the next 30 days? And then reserve the right to tweak that. But put in your head like, okay, so what does my schedule need to look like? What do my rhythms need to look like? What do I think my rhythms are going to be over the next 90 days? But what can I make sure they are for the next 30? And then reserve the right to get smarter and have ongoing conversations. How does that resonate with you guys? I'll play off of that chain. If you if you think about that 90 day, 30 day time horizon, I don't think you can afford to live just in the moment. You'll get called unprepared for what's coming. So it's almost to Kevin's point a moment ago as he talked about even having a will. You've got to think out and you've got to prepare for different scenarios. The reality is we're all living in, in with way more uncertainty than we've ever had before. So you don't know which scenario is going to play out. But one of the things we've done in the business, we've created multiple scenarios to at least get our head wrapped around potential outcomes and begin to take steps towards those. So you, you can't live way out there though, because of the uncertainty, you gotta, you gotta work in both realms. You just can't camp out one or the other. Yeah. Great perspective. Yeah. I, and I think there's something about making a decision. Like I, I think the first thing that went out the window for a lot of people, depending on your personality type is you probably didn't want to make decisions. Cause you're saying, what, what, what good does that do? What, how could, what, what can a commitment do for me when I don't know when we'll go back or when I can start that initiative or how much money we'll have or how much the business will still be impacted or if I'll still have a job or no matter. So there's, so it's fair to say we understand why you might hold off on resolving to do anything. But to Shane's point, I think there's some power saying, Hey, I get to determine what decisions I'm going to make. They might not be, I have it all planned out, but I'm going to make some decisions. And it, and it might be 
I'm going to decide this and not decide that. That and there is a decision as well to decide to hold off on a decision um, that's intentional. But I think for me, I think there's a, that that resonates with me a lot. Uh, my business model has had to shift quite a bit. For those who don't know, I, I was operating like a virtual CMO for a lot of companies and organizations. And for those individuals, when it's down to we can only afford to pay for the blocking and tackling, right? You might say, let's let go of the offensive coordinator, right? We can just run the playbook we have before until we figure things out. And so there, there is a reality of it affecting my business. And I don't know what that exact model is going to look like coming out of this. I really have no idea. But what I do know is that there are people who need projects solved today who have certain gaps and I'm jumping into those gaps for certain organizations and I'm trying to solve one singular problem for them in a time when they might have a gap that needs to be filled. And that might shift my model permanently. I I don't know, but I can say, Hey, we're going to do like this for the next 30, 45, 60 days. And I'm only going to pitch on these kinds of projects in this time. So I can lower the client's barrier, things like that. But it, I, I think I have to make some decisions and, and, listen, and give myself a time frame. I'm a long-term thinker by nature. Uh, so for me, I've had to decide I'm only going to do certain things in 30-day windows. And that has been helpful for me as well. So let me offer a, a perspective that may challenge you a little bit because it's really challenging me. I think if you're not careful, once you acknowledge your reality, you know, you can, it can overwhelm you. And you have a decision to make. This may be, there may be some of you who feel like you're right now, you're out of the game. Business has shut down. You're kind of, uh, you don't have much to do. You're kind of out of the game. And then there are others of you that may feel like you're playing the game of your life right now. It's like you are so engaged because life is on the edge. You've got things you got to get done. And my encouragement is, is figure out where you may be because it may be a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned it, but I did watch the first two episodes of the last dance and it was awesome. Can't wait till I would highly recommend watching. And it talks about Michael Jordan and his second season uh, for the Bulls. They were somehow or another, they got into the playoffs at just with this terrible record and they played the Celtics and half of the team, the majority of the team was pretty much, to be honest with you, they were out of the game. They actually had thought about trying not to make the playoffs so they could have a better draft the next season. And Jordan was honestly the only one that had this mindset of, I'm going to have the game of my life. And he actually did it two games in a row. It's where he scored over 50 points in his first playoff games against arguably the greatest, I mean, one of the greatest teams out there at the time was the Celtics. And so it's just fascinating. You can either have a mindset of being, I'm just out of the game and I'm going to wait till this is over. Or you can have a mindset of, you know what, I'm going to have the game of my life. I am going to learn so much out of this and I am going to change my direction. I am going to determine my resolve that I am going to come out better on the other side of this than I went into it. And I think that is a game changer. It really is about mindset, determining your resolve. David? Yes, Shane, as I listen, um, you could say there is a contradiction or really maybe a conflict between acknowledging your reality when so much of our reality is wrapped around uncertainty right now and then determining your resolve. Like, How can I be resolved when there's so much I don't know? But I think the answer lies just listening to you guys talk in your willingness to be creative, resourceful, flexible, 
Get out there and innovate. Yes, there are things you don't know, but you can be resolved to get to the other side. You may not know exactly how you're going to get to the other side, but if you're resolved, I'm going to try this. And if this doesn't work, I'm going to go to that. And if that doesn't work, I'll go to the next thing. You'll get there with that level of resolve. So don't let the uncertainty that may characterize your reality keep you from getting stuck and not making it through the second point. Man, that's so so good. What are you going to say, Shane? Well, it's just a, it's a great segue actually, because I think sometimes we wonder, well, how am I going to do that? And if you take the word how, and you just interchange the letters a little bit, it actually spells who, Hmm. and it's not how it's who. So the third point in this, so the first thing you're going to do again is try to acknowledge your reality, determine your resolve, and then leverage your relationships. All of those relationships that you've worked really hard to work on over the years, how are you leveraging those relationships to help you? And it can come in the form of simple accountability. Here's what my plan is. Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my next steps. It may be a a social networking platform. To be quite honest with you, that's what we put Mentor together for. It was designed to leverage the relationships business relationships out there. When you have a problem or you're struggling with something, who's your community of folks that you can reach out to, to get answers to some of the problems that you're trying to work on. And I think this idea of leveraging your relationships, especially in the season that we're in is vitally important. Shane, can I point out, I actually am finding that it is almost easier to make a connection with people in this sort of virtual networking world than it was before when the norm was uh, face-to-face interaction. Would you know you're not going to get together face-to-face and and people have all gotten comfortable using tools, whether it's FaceTime, Zoom, BlueJeans, WebEx, whatever you use, you could connect with people through those tools easier. I mean, honestly, this conversation that we're having right now, we happen to all be on a Zoom call and we can see each other. We used to try to physically get in the same room together and that was harder to orchestrate. So that is a little bit of the blessing that of us all being sort of thrown into this same pool together. If you need to leverage relationships, you might be able to do it in an easier manner than you could before. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. For, for, first of all, to, to David's point, the fact that virtual no longer is politically a downgrade is awesome because, you yep. know, because one's like, hey, Kevin, I can't see you. Let's get together virtually. Like, oh, well, I'm not worth an in person meeting. It's like, no, no, no. Now it's like, no, no, no. This is, this is actually, oh, I got to experience that, understand that there's value in that all unto itself. And it's still you giving me, me of your time and your attention. Arguably, moving forward, it may be the more appropriate way to meet with social distancing and some new social norms out there, people will actually want to leverage technology like this because they actually don't want to meet as much in person, especially in public places. And the convenience, mm-hmm. the, the there's cost saving potentially, you know, we don't have to commute. Um, in our case, we're all separated by distance and we can still make it happen. So I, I, th- I think I agree, Kevin. Yeah. And, and, and I would say this to Shane's initial point about the, the how versus the who if you're a person who might be saying, I didn't do a really good job, Shane, of building relationships for today. Like that, that, that's kind of my problem right now is like my, my value at my work or my job was wrapped up only in my output, not in how I communicated, not how I connected with others. This is a great time to fix it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, and I think, and so I want to give permission right now to say, build a plan on how you're going to change that. And it might be simple as make a list 
of the 25 people who you've always respected, uh, valued at your work, but just never communicated it. And just send them a note of gratitude. That's it. Just start with, I'm going to thank the 20 plus people I've thought about, worked with them before. They made my job easy before, made my job easy even during this entire crisis. And I'm just going to say thank you. And then I'm going to ask them how I can help them. That would open up so many doors for you just to have that vantage point and that opening. You don't don't say, I'm sorry I didn't invest in you before. No, no, don't apologize. I'm grateful for you. How can I serve you? I can help you. And you will see doors open back up. If you've been a person who's been a head down person at work and not building relationships, you can still open them up today because I guarantee there are people in your organization, there are clients that are vendors, whatever, contractors that are dealing with tons of challenges uh, because of this. And it might be something very small, but you might be the perfect person to help them. And I think that could go a long way. If nothing else, I mean, if you're a person of faith, you can pray for them, right? And so, mm. so I, so I, I don't want to discredit that. And I, because I'm, I'm guilty. I, I'm a relational person, but when I get really locked in on a project that's bearing down on me, I just kind of go into a cave, and I'm just gonna go knock it out and come out the house saying, "Okay, I did it. Now let's all hang out." And I'd be careful of those moments like this. And it might be, "Hey, I love you. I care about you. I'm thinking about you during this time." And that might be all it takes. Uh, to yeah. open up those doors, because most are going to reciprocate that too. They're going to say, "Well, you know what? I care about you. So, well. how can I help you in this time?" And if you do have needs, maybe you should hopefully categorize and went through David's last list of what are you going to let go of, what are you going to hold on to, what are you going to double down on. You might be able to share that list and say, "Hey, I'm really trying to double down on this going forward. I have an idea. That's something I can help you with." And so, I, I could not agree more because what we used to call assets in every business, in every you know industry. It's changed. It's changed. If you're in the airline industry or the travel industry, I have a good buddy of mine and his wife own an incredible company uh, doing high-end travel for, for couples and unique experiences. For them, even though they're, they're safe as a business, they're not going to go back to normal. They can't because mm-hmm. the comfort level of, of international travel is going to be so different for the, for the foreseeable future for them. They can't just go back to, let's just book some trips. It's not that easy. Well, you're, that's a great example, man. That to me is a really good uh, example of the importance of having this conversation right now about what are you going to do about reentry? How are you going to reenter? And again, today, to reiterate today's points, you've got to acknowledge your reality. You got to determine your resolve and you've got to leverage those relationships. And what we're really talking about is some reengineering of your mindset. You just have to re-engineer that mindset. And one of the things that really stuck out at me was most recently just kind of hearing some thoughts around what that looks like. And I do think a fearful mindset seeks to get out of trials as fast as you can. Think about it. If you've got a fearful mindset, you're trying to get through this just as fast as you can. You want to get out of it. A faithful mindset seeks to get out of trials as much as you can. Think about that. Hmm. You're trying. You're you're actually okay with a little bit of this this season that you're in because you're like, okay, I am going to learn so much. I want to get so much out of this. Don't run from it. Lean into it and re-engineer your thinking as you think about re-entry. And I think that will help you moving forward. So I want to say thanks for allowing us to kind of share some thoughts today about what it looks like to be ready for re-entry. And I'm hopeful that you'll continue to, to join us on this journey as we continue to help think about how to mentor better in the future.
Man, so great. So well said. Thank you so much, Shane, for sharing today. And once again, we love for you to continue getting content like this that can hopefully just spark some things up you change your mindset, change your behavior, change your decisions as you move forward. And we think we can help you do that by subscribing to this podcast. So if you go to Spotify, if you go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you enjoy your content, please subscribe to Executive Minds. Uh, we love to help you grow on the go as you continue to re-enter and deal with the challenges that might be facing you, as well as leverage some opportunities that might be coming your way as well. Um, we also for, love for you to enjoy some show notes. We understand we walked through an outline, but we gave you lots of ideas and examples. And you might be saying, hey, I want to go back to that. I want to share that with my team and I want to put in a nice tidy way. We've done that work for you. If you go to executiveminds.co, we have all of our show notes there for you, these summaries of these episodes to make this really easy for application and, and sharing with others. And then lastly, we want you to tell us what we can do to serve you. We understand that we can't think of everything. We're, we all have different places we're in in our lives, but if there is a challenge that's facing you right now that we're not covering, we want you to bring it to us. I mean, a big part of the value we have as a team is our relationships, our network. We can go find a guest. We may not have that answer. We can go find someone we do know that might be a comeback and add value to the entire community by answering your questions. And lastly, we have the mentor network. Shane alluded to this a moment ago. We've created a community for people like yourself, professionals who want to grow their career and make a difference. And we, we're making that available to you right now for free. For 30 days, you can sign up for a trial and experience the power of the community, ask questions. Our goal is to make you have a mentor in your pocket. So when you have that next challenge or that next opportunity, you can literally pull it out, fire a question in, and someone's going to get back to you quickly to give you some perspective that might just help you think about uh, what you're going through and process it as you're preparing to you know, go out there and, and do what you know you can do. And we want to be a part of that. So go to wearementor.co forward slash network, just wearementor.co forward slash network. We would love to be there to serve you. So thank you again for uh, guys for, for being here. I appreciate both very much. Absolutely. Our pleasure. And we hope to have you here on our next episode of Executive Minds. Thank you.